I liked it just fine. I think it's very good. Well, that's it, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Porchers, and we're, eh, what, two days late, but we're still here, doggone it, and I am joined, as always, by Matt Smith. Hey, everybody. We saw movies. We saw movies. It took us a little bit longer than usual to see them, but we had a lot of things going on, you know? So We had quite a weekend. A lot of things happening, a lot of stuff going down. A lot of money being spent on comic book shit. And just unnecessary, you know, things. That's all. And many necessary things. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so uh, today we got two big new re- release reviews for you. And if I stutter a bit, you know, whatever. Who cares? Uh, we're going to be doing, of course, uh, Inside Out, the uh, the uh, biggest new release at the box office. Though still didn't beat out Jurassic World, man. You can't stop no. that juggernaut, son. That movie has already cleared... One billion dollars. Yes, by the time this is recorded, it'll have grossed over a billion dollars, and that is an amazingly crazy thought. Uh, so we'll be talking about that today, and uh, we're also going to be talking about Dope. That'll be our first uh, review this week. A uh, mm-hmm. little uh, movie that kind of uh, took some independent people by storm. Didn't make a boatload of money, but you should probably go see it, and we'll talk about why. Uh, but first, let's get into it. Matt, what have you been watching this week, sir? Uh, not a lot. As, as some people out there know, we were at uh, Heroes Con in Charlotte this weekend, so I didn't have a lot of extra time to watch some movies this week. But I did squeeze one in because I was interested to see how it was going to be. I watched uh, this new movie, The Stranger, which uh, anyone will go and see this only because its official release title here in the U.S. is, uh, is Eli Roth Presents. The Stranger. <laughs> yeah, this is um, not to be confused with The Strangers. No. Uh, which was, what, 2010? 11? Maybe the Strangers? Three, that's like no, 09. It was before that. I think it's like 09. Yeah, if if that late. If, this, maybe yeah, early? Definitely hmm. before this decade. Okay. Um, Fair enough. So this movie is uh, it's a Chile US co production. Um, it's directed, written and directed by Guillermo Amoedo, who is uh, the co-writer of Eli Roth's uh, two most recent films, The Green Inferno, which is finally getting released in September, mm-hmm. 
and uh, the upcoming um, Keanu Reeves flick, uh, Knock Knock. Who's there? Uh, oh, not the game. Okay. No, not the game. <laughs> um, the The name of the movie is Knock. There, there's a there's an Abbott and Costello routine waiting to happen there. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, this one, uh, I'll just tell you, like the premise, very basically, um, is that a guy arrives in this uh, small town. It's in Canada for some reason, and um, he's looking for his wife. And uh, a bunch of things happen coincidentally that end up with uh, just a whole bunch of people dying. Um, he has some kind of strange blood disease uh, that's highly contagious. He's never out during the day. You kind of see where this is going. He's got the rocket pneumonia um, and the boogie-woogie flu, right? Yes. Mm. Uh, These the, things happen. There are two big <laughs> problems with this movie. Uh, mostly it's that the acting, oh my God, is terrible. <laughs> uh, it's... Well, I can't even judge it really because okay, so it's it's all line delivery. Like I think the acting might be just fine, but the line delivery is all over the place. Everyone sounds stilted and over accentuated, and I don't know what to make of that. Hmm. Um, it's it's not in any way similar to what I like about. Uh, the happening, right? Which was that like weird line delivery. This is just bad <laughs> line delivery. Um, and I think it's probably some of it is overdubbed in ADR, uh, in post-production. Is it, is it English um, language? It's all in English, right? Like the, like nobody's even, it doesn't look like anyone's even speaking anything other than English, huh. which is the worst part of it. It's like, <laughs> it's like watching an Italian flick where you know that people are speaking English. There's like some of them are speaking English. Some of the ADR, speaking, yeah. ADR is worse in this movie wow. than in any movie that you've ever seen come out of Italy. <laughs> um, but uh, on top of that, it's terribly fucking boring. And that's the most egregious thing. Uh, as you've probably guessed from my description of the film earlier, uh, the stranger is a vampire, although that never really becomes something that's talked about or anything like that. Um, and that's kind of this movie's trick. And the payoff of that does not, it's not worth it. This movie blows. So, so a vampire um, movie that tr that never trades on actually being a vampire movie. Well, it tra yeah, it trades on all the tropes, right? And it, I think it's going for like a, you know, this is a cool revisionist take on the vampire tale. Mm. But it really does suck. It fucking sucks. Pun intended uh, <laughs> and whatever else. It is it is awful. Mm. Don't watch it. It's on demand if you're morbidly curious, but there are far better direct-to-video things, uh, including, by the way, the little uh, I will make a rec recommendation that I haven't talked about yet, and I'll probably talk about it at some, some length on another show. If anybody out there is into horror and horror comedies and you have not seen this New Zealand uh, shot flick, uh, Housebound, yet... It is on Netflix here in the States, probably in the UK as well. It is fucking good. This movie, Eli Roth presents The Stranger, sucks. Stay very far away. Ooh. Yeah. What so, have you been watching, brother? Um, so I've just uh, I've been banging out uh, Orange is the New Black. I'm just uh -huh. trying to uh, check out season three, finish everything up. I finished it up uh, late last night. 
Um, so I, I had enjoyed uh, seasons one and two. Um, you know, season one was very much all about the the Piper character coming into uh, into an all female prison here, and you know, just that kind of uh, you know waspy girl out of uh, out of the water, as it were, mm-hmm. and uh, her reaction and trying to figure out how you know she'll. Uh, spend her time within the jail and everything. Season two kind of opened things up a little bit more, uh, made it more about, uh, you know, the prison as a whole, gave us a lot more characters to kind of work with and uh, really started exploring the uh, the back, uh, the, the flashbacks that have been shown throughout, even uh, beginning in the first season, but really started giving that to us for even more characters. And season three uh, definitely expands upon that even more so. Uh, so people that you thought, you know, would have never pictured actually getting, you know, a backstory, get one. And uh, many of them work quite well. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, the big gal, uh, Boo, gets a backstory. Hers is really great. Uh, it, but there's just, there's a lot of, there's some good ones and some that are like, meh, maybe not so much. Or mm-hmm. maybe we'll find out more about them later that will kind of uh, compound on top of what we got. Healy had a nice uh, little backstory that we got to see, but not a ton. Um. But, I, I mean, I'll say this. Um, I, I don't know that I loved this season. I didn't dislike it. I liked a lot of uh, elements in it, for sure. Right. Um, this, it, um, and I think this is actually, too, it's a uh, it's compliment in a lot of ways. Um, this, this season really focuses a lot on... Uh, I don't want to say faith as much as maybe somewhat religion of, of all types. Uh-huh. Uh, everything and like and the roles that you know that can play in a person's life, uh, we get to see a little bit of uh, backstories. A couple. I don't want to spoil too much because it's it's the, the way you, you see things and people that you wouldn't think, you know, and what their backstory is. So I'm not going to go too into that because that's half the fun of the journey. Going, oh wow, how about that? And uh, so certain characters. Um, come to the forefront a lot more than they ever have in the past and uh, too good and well, I don't want to say bad but it's different than what you've uh, seen before and uh, it, it's interesting to learn about people's backstory uh, you do learn about some people's back experiences with uh, you know some organized religions and stuff like that and to see how that you know would further uh, manifest itself you know in prison life and things like that um, it's kind of interesting but um the prison itself eventually gets taken over by a, uh, a corporation, as prisons are uh, actually very often want to do uh, here in the yeah. states. Um, so that's an interesting idea where it talks about you know just the complex of that and how that how prisoners are treated and how things are changed like that. And so there's a lot of interesting points in this. There's a lot of interesting thought and um, discussions that can be had about them. Um, I don't know that it does it enough to really bowl me over i liked it don't get me wrong i liked it i enjoyed the season but i wasn't as thrilled with this season as i had uh, been with the two previous um so i i think chapman's character it kind of it works a little bit more towards the end and i won't spoil anything but it works a little bit more towards the end of where her character kind of goes uh but she kind of becomes a dick and you're, I mean, and it may be part of what they're going for here, but you really start, stop rooting for her in a lot of ways. Uh, she kind of becomes a scumbag. You see it a little bit at the end of season two where she's starting to, you know, kind of give people up, uh, you know, on the outside and everything. And what she does to get back at people and the, the things that she does throughout the series are really kind of fucked up. 
And and I'm sure that in a lot of ways that's the idea is to show you how, you know, prison could possibly change you. But it seemed to do it so quickly with her and not like in what you would imagine to be little tiny bits over time where, you know, the more you kind of get corrupted or you start to pepper your own kind of, you know, morality, if you will. And it doesn't really, it just kind of, it almost seems like cuts in right with her. Uh, we got a new gal that's coming in and like... I mean, I supposedly she's getting, you know, she, she's not there for too awful long. I mean, I don't know if she's going to be in the next season or not. They play it like she's not, but who's to say? Um, but I think she's just there to be like an attractive lady, you know? Mm-hmm. She kind of, uh, she I, she's Australian, I guess. I mean, that's at least the character she's playing. I don't know nothing about the lady. Uh, but some of my, uh, some of my uh, ladies who like ladies' friends, uh, we're just like, hey, you know, straight girls, we had her first. <laughs> so I guess she's uh, a real-life, you know, lesbian of some merit. Yeah, I, I don't know. We're talking about Ruby Rose, right? Okie doke, sure. I don't know who she's that gay. is. Okay, that's, what that's, what I, that's, what I, that's what I have come to understand. But I don't know nothing from nothing. I don't know who this person is. But, I mean, a- attractive in a kind of, you know, it's a little Justin bieber in a way, but that's more to the haircut, I think, than anything else. But attractive. Um, but I... I don't know why the character's there. I don't know that the character's a thousand percent really needed. And it seems like it's going to be disposable enough to where you can just go away and it's not really going to mean a whole hell of a lot at the end. I think it was just something that was kind of put in there to have something between Piper and Alex to really kind of mess that relationship up. I mean, I don't know. It's, just, it's This is a show that you know has a lot of stuff going on, and of course 13 episodes is a whole freaking season worth of television. Uh, so there's obviously a lot to talk about. But um, uh, if, if you're a fan of the show, I mean, it's, it's good, but I, I have heard people be a little bit more mixed on this season uh, than once in previous, and I'm not down on it, but I don't. I'm not as thrilled with it as I have been with seasons one and two, but I, I'm willing to see season four at this point. I'm invested enough. Okay. So. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, that's about it. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into, uh, reviews. What do you say? Yeah, let's review, uh, whatever one you want to do. Let's, dope, maybe? let's do dope if I can find where my, there it is. I was trying to figure out where the damn browser was so I could play this uh, trailer. So here is the trailer. Oh. All right, so let's turn the other stuff off first. Hold on. I'm a little bit unorganized. I think the days off have been kind of <laughs> fucking with me here. All right. Here is the trailer for our first new release review of this week, Dope. Hey, You go to high school in Inglewood. You think you're going to get into Harvard? I'm from a poor, crime-filled neighborhood, raised by a single mother, don't know my dad, blah, blah. It's cliche. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Malcolm Adekambi. I'm a straight-A student with nearly perfect SAT scores. You probably got, like, one of them photogenic brains. <laughs> you mean photographic memory? What'd I just say? I mean, yeah, you, you said it. Yeah, just reiterating. I play in a punk band with my friends, and I'm a 90s hip-hop geek. You gonna say something or just stare at me? A bad day for most geeks would be being the butt of jokes. Some brother really needs to invent an app like ways to avoid all these hood traps. It is time we started expanding our horizons. We're not going to a drug dealer's birthday party. But when you live in the bottoms... Well, I'll go if you go. Okay! A bad day could look like this. We were dancing, man. <laughs> man if I let this lie, we got what they call a slippery slope. You know what a slippery slope is? Do a guy anything to do with skin? <laughs> Shut your ass down! Don't make swap. Do you have what I left in the backpack? 
Did he actually say I'll kill you and your friends if you don't get rid of these drugs or just you? Don't act like you weren't curious too. Hey, all we gotta do is find the white people. Go to Coachella, Lollapalooza. We don't know nothing about drugs. You do. We need to know if you're gonna help us. Okay. Nobody's gonna suspect a thing. We're just geeks doing what geeks do. I don't wanna go to jail. I wanna go to college. Ah, slippery slow. Exactly. You play with me, my little boy from the hood? Hey, wait, wait, wait. I am the authority in keeping a proper brother to Horatio. So unless you got some boobies. What? Like, boys don't cry. Remember we were saying it? Remember that. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Malcolm Adekandi. Can you dig it? You can call me N-word, and I can't say it. Technically, he shouldn't be able to say the word. Why can he okay, use it? Okay, because I'm 14% African. Ancestry.com. Look, just say the damn word. You're my... <laughs> it was a reflex. All right, everybody, that was the trailer for Dope, our first new release review of this week. Here's the IMDb plotline. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. Life channel... Uh, li hmm, words are not working for me. This is just going to be a bad show. <laughs> life changes for Malcolm, a geek who's surviving in a life, of life in a tough neighborhood after a chance invitation to an underground party leads him and his friends into a Los Angeles adventure. That's a terrible log line. Whoever wrote it, you're fired. Uh, this is written and directed by Rick uh, Fumagara. How's that sound? Uh, 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 Close? No, Fumagara. Famuyiwa. Yeah. Filet mignon. If, if I'm going phonetically, Famuyiwa. Famuyiwa. That's not bad. That sounds good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, this is starring uh, Shamarik Moore, Tony. Uh, this is this is not an Adam flick where there's names not like Greg Smith. Well, it's, uh, it's Kiersey Clemens, right, uh, who was in Transparent. Okay. Um, I, I never saw that. I heard a lot of good playing, things. Playing Diggy. Um, the kid from uh, fucking... Uh, the Wes Anderson flick last year, Grand Budapest. Um, oh, that's where I know that motherfucker from. Okay, mm -hmm. I kept looking at this kid, and I'm just like, where do I know this kid? He didn't have the pencil-thin mustache uh, painted on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm uh, missing him without the... <laughs> Tony Rivalori is that guy. Rivalori, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, good. Yeah. Then uh, Shameek, Shameek Moore making his like big, high-profile like lead role debut here. Yeah. He, hey. he was on a sketch show that... Uh, one of my cousins was watching one day uh, on Cartoon Network, um, but I forget what the hell that thing is called. Um, it's called anyway, it's called, also it's called Sketchy. Why is there not a sketch show called Sketchy? That'd be dope. Speaking it was not, dope. but also Zoe Kravitz is in this movie and, as but, the the hot chick. And, and and for once, Zoe Kravitz is, doesn't have like crazy powers or nothing like that. So uh, that's good. <laughs> She's been in a lot of these films where like people are just dumping on her com constantly, so it's nice to see her in like a, a normal person role. <laughs> yeah, that's just a kid. Uh, so yeah, so this movie got a lot of acclaim, uh, a lot of uh, love over at uh, you know the festivals and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, produced it did by really well at Sundance, right? If if memory serves, yeah. So it's uh, so. produced in uh, by by Forrest Whitaker and uh, Pharrell Williams is an executive producer on it as well. Mm-hmm. Has some also stuff did to the do original the, songs. Yeah, some songs in it. Uh, which I will say this. So let's start this review here. Uh -huh. uh, the soundtrack for this entire movie is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's really great. 
Uh, so, it's such a good soundtrack. So, uh, so these kids are, uh, you know, so we have, you know, three, well, two and a half, uh, two and 14%. <laughs> <laughs> two and 14% black kids. Black kids, that are, which I, I love. Um, and they are nerds, man. They are nerds because let me tell you, when I saw this trailer initially, uh-huh. Uh, you think, oh, this is some sort of 90s throwback film when you saw the first original kind of teaser right. trailer thing for it. And no, 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 this is a modern day film, and these nerds are uh, 90s nerds, man, which yeah, is something that you just don't see, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're going to record stores and stuff and looking at like two live crew albums and shit, and uh, just uh, the whole 90s like fashion they look like a Bell Biv DeVoe cover mm-hmm. <laughs> like their outfits and everything it's great um, but it, it kind of shows how it, there's different types of nerds now obviously you know we are uh, we're, we're white nerds and there's and that's a more far more common thing but there are mm-hmm. there are nerds of all kinds there are sports nerds and uh, you know movie nerds comic book nerds there's all kinds. Right. And and of course there are black nerds as well and uh, which by the way for anybody who wants to see a great review on this and and hear some of that struggle coming from somebody who's not a cracker, um, which is me. <laughs> yes, I just want to put that out. Um, go look up um, so black nerd comedy. Follow him on on uh, YouTube. There he has a review of dope and like you know coming from a guy who is you know a as as his name implies a black nerd. Um, he has some really interesting thoughts on this movie and how he, he's thought, you know, there's never been a movie that's really displayed more about, you know, what it is to be a person that's like him. Because you have to kind of explain yourself to a lot of people because, and, and you know, and, and I have, I've had those friends that are, uh, my friend Stacy is, uh, I, I would consider him very much a black nerd. He was the same guy who was into, you know. Uh, way back in the day, was into corn and like magic yeah. with us and shit, and uh, like all kinds of just nerdy stuff that would normally be considered just you know. <laughs> what I love in this movie is there's a thing that's in the uh, beginning. They're just like we love white people stuff, like you know, like skateboarding and uh, whatever, and uh, <laughs> Donald Glover. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a great line, but um, but that would consider that normally be considered, you know, kind of white nerdy things. But there are, you know, I mean, it's that's universal to everybody. You can always like these kinds of things, and that's certainly fine. Uh, but to really see a different kind of perspective in another culture, and especially in a culture of today, so- today's society, not just like, you know, I think if we saw this from you know black nerds in the '90s, this would be a completely different story than it is today. Oh yeah, of course. I, uh, one of the things I really liked about this, though, is that this is a smart movie overall, and I don't feel that anybody in this was played to be a dummy. So even the people that are kind of you know given, uh, except for the except for the um, the one group in high school, you know, minus mm-hmm. those kids that are kind of really wanted sneakers and everything, and just go like, hey, look at those nice sneakers, and you're kind of trying to you know jack them for your shoes in school. Um, even the kind of thug type guys. Uh, which are our main one that we'll kind of get to. Um, even he's a smart guy. He's not yep. an idiot. There's nobody in this that's played as a really dumb idiot. And, no, not at all. And so, I, you know, there's a great speech where they're in the club. So they these they invite them out to a club and everything. And you know, he's the the main kind of uh, uh, drug dealer, if you will is uh, fighting with the door guy. And he's really kind of giving him a great speech about how, like, look, man. You got to understand about how I have to be, you know, presented here. How people have to see me, and you got to understand that this is this is my role in society, and this is going to be what I have to do. I don't want to have to do this, 
but this is what's going to be the order and stuff. So it's not the, you know, look, I'm just going to fuck you up because I have to fuck you up because I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a crazed black man or something. It's a smart individual who knows the hierarchy of actual, you know, society and knows that in order to stick in the place that he has in life, he has to assert himself in a particular way. And right. I think that was, I think that was one of the first real moments where I'm like, well, this movie's like way smarter than I'm sure many people are going to give it credit for. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that people won't give it. Well, credit I mean, for. dumb people. You know what, what I mean? I don't think. What, what I think's really interesting about how smart this movie is, though, is not even necessarily the cl- the characters. It's about how it tells a really complicated story. Oh yeah. Really, extremely well. Um without ever feeling like it's pandering to anything um, or being too on the nose with any of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Which is hard to pull off. So uh, kudos to the filmmaking team on that one Uh, because, you know, as, as someone who suffered through a lot of white nerd movies, (laughs) um, I can tell you from experience watching all of those uh, it's very easy to blow this type of movie and uh, and to overstuff it with shit that doesn't matter in a way that uh, doesn't make sense with the story, right? So here there's a lot of asides. Uh, the title actually does refer to both dope in the 90s sense of cool, mm-hmm. right? But also dope is like a, a hard fucking drug. Which uh, which that, is great that, because that is on the street. I, and I, I thought it was such a great thing in the trailer and stuff that you really don't know any of you know the basic kind of the most rudimentary bits of the plot of this thing. But when you really get to it, uh-huh. I, I had no clue that this was really going to be a drug movie. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't read anything about the trailer. I mean, like I'd seen like kind of the teaser trailer sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, this looks like some sort of a well, interesting still- 90s throwback sort of deal. And it's not uh-huh. that at all. I mean, it's it's a modern day movie. Um, well, and, and what's but what I'm saying though is that it's also not even about the drugs, right? Like, like it's not a drug movie, right? I mean, that's that's just a vehicle with which the story is progresses yeah, the along. MacGuffin, yeah, right. It's, it's the MacGuffin that gets the plot run, right? Um, yeah, uh, but it came I, out of left field, and that's what I thought was that's that's what I meant more that because I I didn't see that coming. It was just like, oh wow, this is a thing that I, that's why I just like the cleverness of the trailer, not really spelling it to you. Well, and but that's what the whole movie does, though, right? Is like like it's it's smart in a way that you don't see that coming even in the movie, right? That this ends up being a, a plot that has to play out, um, and the way that things get tied up and the way that things occur. Um, it kept me kind of like wondering from moment to moment a lot of times, like, where is this going? And I don't know that I've had an experience like that recently in a film. Um, you know? Yeah. Especially I, in the summer where it's a lot of like, yeah, this shit's really awesome and it's doing innovative things. Like, like uh, you know, some of the movies we've seen are doing really interesting, cool things, but they're these like special effects blockbusters where you like you know fucking chris pratt is going to get away from the dinosaur and get off the fucking park right like right you know that's going to happen but here it's just wait what where is this going what is happening exactly. at all and, as much as we love things like jurassic park at the end of the day you could sit down before you go to that movie and plot out on a piece of paper the major beats of the film yeah. It's like, here's the trailer, here's what's going to happen, here's major beat, major beat, major beat, major beat, and you can pretty much, yeah. while while simplistically, you can tell you what the movie's going to be like. 
Yeah, on with a this, very you don't base know. level, you know that you can map out the beats to any large blockbuster right. uh, of the past 20 years. Uh, I mean, any is maybe harsh, but the vast majority, right? And yeah. so during the summer, just having a movie that's like this, and it's very small scale and actor-driven, uh, with, man, even the side... Even the side performances of just characters that are in for a scene and out for a scene are great in this movie, mm-hmm. um, which, which is also unique a little bit for for a small indie film because a lot of the time they put so much effort into like just the primary characters being uh, good that they just hire whoever the fuck. You just got a to, lot of garbage kind of surrounders that are just like, look, we got to get who we can get. Yeah. And put we have in here. X amount left in the budget who in the like surrounding uh, city that we're shooting in is going to do this. Right. Um, but you know, they pack it with some people like you'll recognize people. There's uh, Blake Anderson. Who's in uh, that uh, show on comedy central workaholics. Uh, right. Um, I don't watch it. I just know he's in it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't either. Um, I, just, I mean, hmm. um, but not that. I, I mean, I've heard the, it's good, but like, I ain't never seen it, so I like can't a, say. Rapper uh, ASAP Rocky plays uh, plays Dom, mm-hmm. and he's good, right? Uh, I don't know. It's just it's got a lot of people who are just really fucking good in the sidelines, and it just makes the whole experience better. Uh, dope's fucking dope, yeah. <laughs> If I may appropriate that very whitely, I was about to say that was that was very crackery of you. Um. <laughs> I'm not black. I, I I will say this: I I am not black, and I uh, make no fucking case for it whatsoever. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> if you really started to purport yourself as a black man, I'd be like, I've seen you many times, and that's never been true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's no uh, dolezaling going on over here. Okay? No, no, no. I put none on. of that. You just put a fancy wig on you and just why not? Um, I I don't and that's the thing is like I, I'd kind of like to talk about the plot and stuff, but at the same time I I think I don't want to give anything. Away. I don't either. That's what's so fun about this movie is that again, like you said, this is a movie where you can look down and and I, again I got I'm praising the marketing team here. You can watch the trailer that's out, the trailer that we you know even even played here. While you don't see uh, a lot visually or anything, you can kind of hear stuff. They still don't give a ton of stuff away. They don't, you know, lay everything out like so many bloody trailers do today, where they just give you everything under the sun. This is very, uh, you know, kind of specific with what they show you and mm-hmm. how things play out. It is very interesting. I've heard a lot of really uh, kind of cool uh, thoughts about how, like, kind of what this is. Is this is I've heard like the. Um, uh, I've heard it's a uh, a black risky business, uh, which is <laughs> that's not a bad description. We, it's not when you think about it. <laughs> I was just like when I heard that, I was just like, "Fuck, that's really good." I was like, I, "Damn it, I wish I would have had that it is, one." It is also much better than risky business as a movie. <laughs> well, they're very look. This and I'm not going to take not to take nothing away from I'm risky totally business. Make a value judgment. But this movie is way better than this. <laughs> well, it only had thirty years to do it, so whatever. <laughs> risky. I still like risky business, though. But I will say this: you want to see risky business for girls? Uh, see the Babysitters. That is risky business for girls, and it ain't bad. <laughs> Good John Leguizamo performance in it. If you can, if even such a phrase could enter your brain and not, you know, shoot around like a fucking pinball, it's true. Uh, that's a good flick. Um, the the that's best. A, that's, a, that's the one where 
they like turn it into like a call girl service or some shit, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Okay. Yeah, that movie's good. Yeah, I, I, Babysitters I, is good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I, I don't like I said, I don't think we want to talk about too much more because I, there's not a ton of people that went out to see this. It did not make a big giant splash at the box office, but it I did don't enter, think enter in fifth. Oh, did, did it? Was it, it was as high as it was? It was number five. At Maybe the box I, office I saw a little bit earlier. So. It did really well, actually, uh, considering <laughs> how small it is and how it's it's still in somewhat limited release, too. Um, okay. Mean, meaning that it's not in every fucking theater in 14 auditoriums, right? Like um, like, like uh, our next movie would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it pulled in 6.1 at the box office, which is probably approaching Considering the budget. two juggernauts that are out there right now, uh, that's not a bad pull. Yeah, I mean, it almost made as much as San Andreas this weekend. <laughs> and San Andreas has been out for you know a while. Well, not even yeah, that long, but, really, when you think about but it. But more people are, you know, fucking people are going to go see San Andreas. Yeah. But six, $6 million has to be approaching the, the budget for this movie. I would say so. Like, right getting around. close, at, at the very least. I, would say, I wouldn't put this much half more. Of it, maybe. I wouldn't yeah. put this much more over, yeah, 10 to 12. Yeah, if I was to venture a guess, I'd be I'd be surprised if it's more. But good stuff uh, overall. Great performances really from people, good. and um, di- I mean, not, I'm not saying this in a disparaging way, but almost a little, uh, almost a little spikeyish at the end with the uh, with the paper. Wait, what? Almost a little kind of spike spikeyish with him like reading the paper and uh, oh, toward the kinda, end, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm not in a bad way. Not in a bad way at all. This definitely falls into, like, a very clear lineage of, uh, like, early Spike Lee kind of inflected movies. It's good. It's a very good movie. You remember when Spike Lee was putting out great movies? (laughs) It's like that. (laughs) He hits a a good one every once in a while. It's been been a while, though, right? What's what's the last Uh, one? Well, yeah, he also doesn't get money to make movies anymore. Right, he just appropriates things on Kickstarter, and then he, and then someone finally tells him what Kickstarter is after he does it. I heard. Did you hear about that fiasco? No. He started up a Kickstarter and I, stuff. I know and he, he really, did it, and he really didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know how things truly worked, and they had to like redo the video because somebody explained to him just like, no, 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 that's not how you do this. It's you got to have perks and you have to do the right thing. And there's like, oh, so oh he was okay. just asking asking people to give him money he for was, nothing. Mostly, oh, as as is my as is my recollection. It was just more like just kind of like, hey, I'm gonna do this thing. You give me some money and stuff. And it was more. It just from what I hear, I didn't see the original video, uh, but it it wasn't done in the best of ways. <laughs> it was just like mm, maybe you. Could. Well, I could see that. I mean, I mean, big Holly, big time Hollywood people don't know what the fuck yeah. they're doing. But I mean, in hell. Small time, uh, small time games people don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, if uh, the new Shenmue thing coming out of E3 is any indication, see this? No, what? What's going? So, on? so Shenmue. Uh, this, we're going to take a quick video game track. Speaking of '90s, because yeah, this fun. one came Go out in 1999. So, Shenmue was a fantastic game on the Dreamcast. So, uh, you know, talking about some nerd shit right here. Uh, you know, if you were a Dreamcast kid, you were fucking on point, son. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, so we had Shinmu. Everybody loved Shinmu because it was just so like it was sprawling and very epic at the time. And and uh, there was a sequel that came out on on the original Xbox uh, a while back. And so it's been many many years since that's happened. So they decided, hey, finally we're going to do Shinmu three, and they put it up on Kickstarter. It's like I think it's the fastest. Uh, you know, funded Kickstarter of all time or something. People fucking love this thing. Uh, but then they're gonna Sony's like putting it out or whatever with them, and there's a lot of like, hey, here's a Kickstarter, but not really a Kickstarter because it's gonna cost way more than this. And Sony's helping publish it. You, know, you got to know the rules, people. 
You got to right. know the rules. <laughs> so that's it. I was just some weird sort of thing. I don't know if uh, it's probably not nearly as interesting to mo- most people as it is to me. But I was a big Shenmue fan back in the day. So, anyways, let's. Uh, that's our review for Dope Two. Very highly recommended. I would say yes. Oh yeah, man. Go see this fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, so that is, uh, that's our first review. That is dope. Let's go ahead and jump into our second new release review. Here's the new one from Pixar. It's called Inside Out. So, Riley, how was the first day of school? Fine, I guess. Did you guys pick up on that? Sure Mm -hmm. did. Something's wrong. Signal the husband. What did she say? Oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What is it, woman? What? I'm Joy. This is sadness. That's anger. What? This is disgust. Uh, and that's fear. Ah! We're Riley's emotions. <laughs> These are Riley's memories. They're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. I wanted to maybe hold one. What happened? Sadness. She did something to the memory. Is everything okay? I don't know. Take it back, Joy. Me, Joy. No. Let's wait. Go. The core memories. Ah! No, 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 no. Ah! Can I say that curse word now? What do we do now? Nothing's working. Why isn't it working? We have a major problem. Oh, I wish Joy was here. We can fix this. We just have to get back to headquarters. That's long-term memory. You could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay. I'm positive you will get lost in there. What was that? Was it a bear? There are no bears in San Francisco. I saw a really hairy guy. He looked like a bear. This place is huge. Imagination land? No way. Dream Productions? Rainbow Unicorn. She's right there. I loved you in Fairy Dream Adventure Part 7. Okay, bye. I love you. You can't focus on what's going wrong. There's always a way to turn things around. It's Brockley. Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. everybody that was the trailer for inside out our second new release review uh, review of the week i'm telling you man it's not good there's nothing about me that's good today you're blowing it over there blowing it all uh here's the imdb plot line after young riley is uprooted from her midwest life and moved to san francisco her emotions joy fear anger disgust and sadness conflict on how to best navigate the new city house and school this is uh, directed by pete doctor uh starring amy poehler bill Hader, lewis black mindy kaling phyllis smith uh richard kind caitlin diaz kamaklachlan as we've uh, learned to call him on the here movie podcast and uh diane lane and a handful of other fine folks uh let me tell you um i i think i had originally the, the original trailer that i saw for this uh i really dug and i'm glad i didn't see too much more of it um mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't think we need to say this, but I think by and large, I think everyone loves Pixar films. I think there's hardly any of them where you just go, well, that was a complete and utter disaster, right? Yeah. Most of them, I mean, they've they've kind of got a pretty good record over there at the, at the Pixar. Uh, you know, even lesser things, and I haven't seen Cars too, but even lesser things like Cars still work fairly well, I mean, for well, what they are. I don't like cars. I mean, I don't love cars, but I mean, it's. It, I don't even like it. Okay, fair I'm enough. Totally okay for you to like it. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. But you know, but more often than not, I mean, there's stuff. You know, they pretty much hit it out of the park. I mean, Pete Doctor himself, uh, you know, is kind of uh, <laughs> a Pixar staple at this point, and has kind of gone over to the uh, live action, and then is now back in animation. Well, he's made. Uh Three of the best ones for sure. One is still maybe my favorite Pixar movie, Wally. I'm uh, I I like Wally. I think, mm, but Up's fucking good. Monsters Inc is fucking good. Yeah, he he knows what's up. Uh, He ain't bad. He ain't bad. (laughs) So so where are you going with this? With with Inside Out? Um, I I I absolutely adored this film. Um, yeah, I was um. I, I I mean due to several things, but most of mm-hmm. most of which I won't go into. Um I, I, I couldn't stop crying my eyes at it, this movie. This movie is um it, it is it, extremely emotionally manipulative. And 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 sometimes I'm not saying that that's in a not, slanderous way. I'm no. saying that is what it is. No, there's no doubt. It's, and it's, it's emotionally manipulative. Literally and figuratively, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it worked for me on so many, you know, just ridiculous levels that um, it's it, it's it's up there. It's I, I I I can't give enough good praise for it. it I liked it just fine. I think it's very good. <laughs> I'm I'm not in love with it. Well, that's it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, no, I think it's good. I don't think it's great. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's as good as Wally. I don't think it's as good as Up. I don't think it's as good as The Incredibles or Ratatouille. I think it's a solid middle Pixar movie, like solidly, maybe even upper tier middle. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's very good and it's funny. Um, but I had an issue with like it's all extremely well conceived. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a small issue with it being conceived entirely around emotion driving what people are doing. Okay. Uh, internally. And just not, I don't, like, no one ever even mentions the term logic in this movie, right? There's no, like, thinking or thought process that is acted out in any way internally within Riley. It'd have been funny if he would have like had like you know. There's almost a slight rival with the brain. <laughs> well, or something, but maybe that's where they are, right? It's like, like in the brain. They're they're up there, right? Uh, in the control room behind her eyes. That's the brain. There's no. Is that where they keep it these days? Okay. There's no like logic contraption in there, though. You know, like there's nothing, and and it's just I feel like there's a missing piece to it. Well. Right? Like, it's all about personality, it's all about... But people do not make their decisions entirely based on whether 
they're going to react in a in an angry manner or in an envious manner or in a scared manner or in a sad manner it's it's a careful weighing process of all of these things that they act out in the film as emotions minus the component itself being like of logic of rational thought being a thing that's addressed in any but i think but i i I think those are i think the idea of logic is is would be almost the the uh the the culmination of those things weeding each other out in order to if we're going to go in the parlance of the movie to hit the right buttons on the board to make said decision I mean, I guess it's just, uh, I think that, that it's different thing altogether. I don't know. I liked the movie. I'm because I mean, saying, I, I I'm think just saying this was a, a thing that stood out to me. Like, well, I mean, no, right? okay. It, well, let's like, think about like this. The entire movie is about, uh, just to give away a slight spoiler, even though this is not the plot, but it's about joy learning that sadness is okay. Right. And right. that all of these things, um, uh, and 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 you do, and you do see it a bit in the film, is that you know all of these things have their place within you know a person's you know being to where we need these things as well. Where it's things like fear that can keep us, uh, you know, our our kind of uh, you know our senses on target and everything, and know, hey, there might be something over here that could be dangerous, and this might help me avoid that danger or disgust mm-hmm. being able to you know stop you from doing something that you may not, you know, end up liking or whatever. Uh, so there's, there's, there's rhymes and reasons for all of these things. Uh, but, and, and it's also, I mean, I guess a lot, in a lot of ways about like, you know, growing up as a child and, and I, I've also, I've heard this one too. I didn't put this one together myself, not having been one. Uh, so I couldn't put that there, but a child? Uh, no, no, no parenting <laughs> that this is very much a thing for parenting because parents by and large pretty much want their children to always be happy. Right. And yeah. uh, that is something that we need to. And, you know, I, I think and I, I talk, I'd love to talk to my sister about this to get kind of because she's got two kids. So but, you know, your goal is to, you know, you'd love your kids to be happy all the time. But uh, the sad fact of reality is, is that cannot be a consistent thing in life. You do need to have that sadness. That sadness will go there. And that sadness also helps you grow as a human being and helps you grow emotionally. And um, to be able to deal with things, to be able to deal with life. And as uh, much as the Joy character really wants to kind of, um, you know, hoard that happiness uh, that's in there and avoid the, you know, conflicts and bad things, those things are needed too. Yeah. And I I love how um, the idea of everything is uh, of these kind of emotions and stuff. So happiness is the first thing. So we we see the... um, we see Riley as a little baby is being born, and the first kind of thought is happiness coming in. And so happiness yeah. goes up, and there's one button. You just push the button, baby laughs. So that's mm-hmm. the happiness that's in there. And then as things go on, as as you grow up, the the board that is in front that all of your emotions are uh, are manipulating gets bigger and bigger. Here's the thing. and there's more things for them to control and stuff. And so, but it, you know, it's trying to go through and, you know, harness those things in whatever proper way that, you know, you think that they should be necessary. So I think the, for, for here's the thing I want to ask you. Okay. Is this movie even for kids? This is another thing that I got a distinct impression that it is absolutely not even like, I don't think that Pete doctor cares that kids go see this movie, um, based on the entire conceptualization of it. I don't think it appeals to kids. Um, that's a good question. I, I, th- I think it's about, like you said, it's about the parents sitting in the audience 
And uh, I have to say, there were a few like moments where kids were okay, like in the movie, because of course, you know, going opening weekend, kids are going to fucking be there. Um, but uh, they did not have the same response in theater, uh, in the theater during this movie as they've had in other animated films uh, recently, or even other Pixar films that I've seen. So I don't know that this movie actually is going to connect with children. Well, uh, maybe, I mean, and again, I'm going to have to do a little bit of market research with my nieces, nephews and stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll report back on that later. But uh, from what I saw in the theater, outside of a couple unruly kids who I thought were probably way too young to be there in the first place, um, I find kids oftentimes can be better in movies than fucking adults. Uh, because let me tell you, they, they sit down and usually they're, they're fairly quiet for the most part. I mean, kids are far better behaved than, uh, like I said, most adults these days. I mean, uh, we're going to rewind the clock a little bit back a couple years ago to, uh, to up. And, uh, a- as you know, in the first 15 minutes of up shit gets fucking real. And yeah. that, I mean, the, you could hear a pin drop in there and there was a lot of that going on here too. Now I'm going to, now I will agree with you to say that there's not a lot of moments in this where I, that from what I can see, and again, I'll do some research, uh, where kids are just like, could be amazed and really have that kind of kid moment going on with this. This is a, of, of all the Pixar films, I would say this one, you're right, probably is the more, you know, adult centric one in that manner. But at the same time, I think Pixar movies, in a lot of cases, have have always kind of been that. There's been more child elements I mean, in there that you can definitely point to. I mean, but I guess I just think, like, on the level of just storytelling, I, I don't think. I mean, it's going to be very abstract about, ideas for children to get, no doubt. There. I don't know. I'll whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I the just movie's good. That's I don't have that much to say about it other than those two observations. I find it problematic that that Pixar has decided not to make a movie for kids since they really are like the only people who um, seem to have ever given a shit about making movies that were really fucking good for kids every single time they make a movie. And this one just feels like they are abandoning them uh, and don't really give a shit that they're out there. I, I think the movie's really good. But I'm in my fucking 30s. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I think there's a distinction that, that, that has to be made here. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are giving this movie really good reviews, um, saying it's a fucking terrific kids movie and all this shit. I've not heard a single kid talk about it or even act uh, in a way that they were super enthusiastic about it inside the theater mm-hmm. uh, while watching it. Um so I don't know what to do with that. I, I think I, it felt to me like they were just, well, you know, fucking parents are going to bring their kids anyway. So let's fucking make this one for the old weepy ass parents. But at the same time, uh, well, I mean, look, man, I'm sad that I fucking grew up and don't remember shit too. But like, that's, that's the fucking thing you're going to tell kids like growing up is shit. Cause that's what the movie is. I mean, it makes it awesome. Cause everything's colorful and there are jokes but that is the movie is is just like well all your shit's gonna go away bro well no that doesn't seem so great no that's i I don't i didn't see that at all it's just like there are i mean there's a point in the movie but that's that's why adults are crying and shit at this movie and calling it weepy and uh emotional right it's because they look back on their own childhood and they see all of this stuff that they recognize 
This this movie does not play that way to kids, and yet it is the only thing in the movie is this like the evolution of remembering shit from when you were a kid. Well, no, I mean, I, I think... I mean, it, there are other components, right? Like gaining experiences and moving on and it's okay to be sad. And like, all this shit's great to tell kids. But the essentials that everybody's glomming onto and the reviews that I've read, uh, the discussions I've seen people have online among my fi- friend group, right, uh, is all about that shit of like, well, I'm just really sad now in a, in a weird smiley way, I guess. But like... This movie made me cry because it's all about all the shit that I care about in my 30s. And, you know, I have a kid and so that compounds some shit and all this other stuff. And and I don't know that this movie even plays for kids. I don't know that it does at all. No, I, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with that. I mean, for with, for the time being, I, I mean, I'll agree that I just, I you're right. You're probably, I don't see a ton of, you know kids going bonkers over this like they would for you know a toy story or monsters inc or something like that they're far more uh kid friendly those films um but i i I didn't at least for me now i haven't read any reviews so i'm not going to sit here and tell you what other people said because i don't fucking know but to me it wasn't about that i mean it wasn't about you know like oh i'm sad that these things have gone away or that these are memories that i've forgotten but for me, it was also at the same time, you know, living in what you have for the time that you have that. Enjoy that now. And there are things in life that will not stick with you forever. So while you do have those, do enjoy those things. And it is, uh, I'll go back to, uh, you know, kind of one of my uh, favorite things in Vanilla Sky was Jason Lee just saying, look, man, you're never going to really know how good the sweet is because you just don't have any fucking sour in your life. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. But... It is that thing of like, you know, you'll be able to really enjoy the joy once you've had pain and suffering too. And there's a point where Sadness talks to uh, Bing Bong, who is uh, Riley's imaginary friend growing up, who's kind of disappeared over time. And, you know, I've never had an imaginary friend, so I mean, there's nothing to that that I can relate. But, um, you know, where, you know, Bing Bong was sad because it was something that was gone and he was just a memory that was once there and like they were the best of friends. But now, you know, she's moved on in life. She's grown up and doesn't have time for him. But a lot of times at the same time, there was, the, you know, he just needed to kind of get some stuff out. And the, so sadness was going to be there to actually listen. And he felt better having gotten that sadness out to be able to express that to him. Mm-hmm. And when it was time, uh, you know, again, spoilers for some of this stuff, but when it was time for Bing Bong to go, he was happy to go. He realized that this is something that he doesn't necessarily need to be part of her life anymore, but that part was there. He's enjoyed that for what time that was, but it is his time to move on at that point. And I didn't see that as like, oh, she's losing this character that's, you know, she's losing this, you know, great friend that she had, but she is moving along in her life. And these things, you know, while you can maybe reflect back on that and, you know, be happy or whatever, uh, it is a time that, and again, I've, I've never had an imaginary friend, so I can't speak to it, but. Um, to be able to just go like, hey, that was the thing that I once did. And if you look back on it and you can, you know, like it, that's great. But if it's not there, you know, it's not taking anything away. But you, and it also didn't just, in a way, didn't destroy those memories. I mean, while you see in the big giant pit of all the gray uh, memories and stuff that have all kind of faded out, they faded out and they're not bright. They're not up there in the big giant center with all the other ones, but they're still there. Mm -hmm. So it's not a thing that never happened. 
but it is a thing that you may not necessarily have you know complete access to all the time. So even the fact that it's not there doesn't mean that it didn't happen, doesn't devalue the thing that happened, but it still means that it's there. And I, I found I, I like that. I like that very interesting. And I think I think you know as Bing Bong and especially towards the end there, Richard Carn did an amazing uh, kind of job there, really um, just grabbing a hold of what that what that character would do. And, and I, I liked it. And, and like I said, I've uh, over the past bit, I, I've gone through some, uh, you know, things myself, and um, I, this this movie spoke to me in a lot of ways, and uh, maybe it's just the time of my life right now, but um, I just, I fucking dug it. Okay. <laughs> and you hated it, you fucking soulless monster. Really no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, just, I, I can't wrap my head around, like, who the fucking audience is, except for 30-year-old and older, like, grown-ups, man. I just, I don't know. I can see that, but I mean, but in retrospective as well. I'm sure kids like it. I don't fucking have kids. I don't know what the fuck they like. <laughs> who, get, who gives a shit what kids like? <laughs> you know what? Parents. I'm going to change it. This movie's fucking awesome. Fuck you kids if you don't like it. You need to grow the fuck up and get some nostalgia and you'll be okay. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, <laughs> but with the. Um, I will say, uh. You know, like the the, the Lewis Black uh, as anger is definitely fucking amazing. It, the whole just, the whole deal. Because the thing is, too, is like as angry as he is, and everything, it's a cute little it's a cute little thing. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that is one of the things I I want. Uh, shit, hold on, my dogs are gonna start barking. There's <laughs> demons in his dog head too. Second, let me shut this door. <laughs> so. But there's uh yeah that's I I love that character I love the uh of, I don't of, have to go full Kevin Smith often but sometimes you never tell that dog to shut up <laughs> uh yeah so um I don't know one of the things I I want to like get though for real is uh is uh Disney is selling um Inside Out mugs okay and uh they're all vaguely shaped like uh the emotions that are on them mm -hmm. um except that uh angers is uh totally like a fucking square mug it's it's a fucking block <laughs> it's, it's there's i don't even know how you can drink out of it honestly because there's no like i guess you got to drink out of the corner for it to pour down into an actual funneled uh spot but uh i do kind of want that me and all my corner drinking I, don't know. I have drinking out of those kind of square glasses I, I before, and they're a pain in the ass. Right? Like, this movie is fucking good, and it's funny, and I like it. And Pixar's on point again. Um, I just can't figure out like the kid angle. That that's all I'm saying. It's Fair enough. Good. It's hilarious. I laughed my ass off. I think it's funny. Um, I like all of the voice acting. Uh, there's not a flaw in any of it. The animation is fucking amazing. Right. Again, I just. Like, Pixar normally doesn't go this far out into... I mean, the closest they've gotten is Toy Story 3, right? Oh. Where, like, Toy Story 3 is a movie that were ma that was made for adults who were children when Toy Story came out. That yeah. is what Toy Story 3 is for. Oh, my God. Just going off in that furnace holding it. I'm, I'm about to cry just thinking about that yeah, shit. exactly. Oh. Right? Uh, and so this is just them doing Toy Story 3... Uh, again, uh, in a way, uh, in that it's manipulating certain types of emotions that I'm not certain kids have yet, 
right? Like maybe after they're a certain age, right? Like 10, 12, right? Once they get around Riley's age, maybe they've moved. Maybe they've done. Maybe, okay? But, uh, you know, the target audience for, for these fucking movies, like it or not, generally is, is like 5 to 16, Right mm-hmm. is like who they really want to show up. And, and Look, I think anyone twelve to sixteen would really could could probably really relate to a lot of these things. Yeah, Maybe but, not but so I much think the five. Is much much younger than that, right? Because oh, once no once, once you get teenagers, uh, they're not going to the fucking movie to see this thing. They're going there. It is a know, Pixar. They'll film go with their families. It's a family that. thing, and I get it. I'm just saying, it's not as strong as some of the other stuff that I that I really love from Pixar. Um. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, that's all. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh. But it's really fucking good. Two good good reviews. Two good things. So uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> so check check those out. I'm sorry. I'm man. I came all in like ready to talk about this fucking movie and <laughs> and things I liked in it. But uh, you know, I think probably watching uh, the stranger before doing this podcast this afternoon. Listen, go just see like, Entourage the movie, then you come back next ruined, week and then you talk about this movie. My whole goddamn like <laughs> outlook on the world. Uh and it has nothing to do with Inside Out. I'll go see this movie again and then I'll fucking come back on the podcast and tell you what I thought the second time. I've that had honest back. to God though, I have had things like that where I've watched something and it's really put me in a piss mood for everything else. So <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly I can't say uh, that that's not a thing. That's probably what it is. I still don't like it as much as Wally. I think Wally is fucking tip top amazing shit. I don't. Uh, I, so, but, and, and that's the funny thing is I don't care. I mean, I don't dislike Wally, but I mean, like, I think yeah. I probably care for Wally like you care for this movie. Like, I think it's good. I like it well enough, but I ain't in love with that film. And that's fine too, right? It's not fucking cars. I, that's I don't get. I don't fucking know what kids like about cars. Jesus fucking Christ! What, what they're cars, Matt. That's what they like about them. They're cars. And they well, go. F- I mean, I fucking know, but gee, like. It's a fucking shitty movie. They got wheels and they go places. I would I would watch fucking uh, that shitty Weinstein Company fairy tale animated movie and its sequel. Ooh, what about that one with them dogs? Would you watch that one? Do you remember that trailer? Which one's that? There was something with some dogs or something. It looks so low budget that it made me want to just... I was just like, how did this get out? <laughs> it looks so bad. I forget what it was called, but there was some... God, it was just... It's probably within two years. Uh, but it was some animated thing with dog. It looks so bad. It looks just ridiculously cheap. Huh. I'll, I'll look I, it up. I don't know. I'm Googling right now. Google um, it up. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyways. There's some kind of thing that came up uh, called Roadside Romeo. No, that ain't it. I don't know, I don't what, know that, what the fuck that, that is. That just sounds like a prostitute ring. <laughs> <laughs> Be a roadside Romeo. Uh, or fucking, I don't what know. What the hell? Anyways. There was some Space Dogs movie. Space Dogs. Maybe it was that. No, it wasn't. These were in the woods or something. Anyways, uh, fuck all this shit. So, uh, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? <laughs> we're done. This is this is after show material. I don't know why we're still rolling. Uh, you can find me at Mad underscore Boyd underscore Smith. Uh, you, you'll know you found me because I'm listed on there as uh, Dana Scully's MBS. <laughs> um, and and uh, you can follow me on uh, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com, which I've been pretty slack about updating since getting back from Heroes Con. Uh, some stuff's coming this week. I promise you, Marty. 
Good deal. <laughs> uh, so, and you can also follow this here podcast on the tweets at the film find, and of course, me at Adam Portress. Uh, next week, we're going to be uh, reviewing God help us, Ted. What you uh, Ted too? What do you think about the first Ted? I still haven't seen it. I'm watching it tomorrow. Mm, okay. And then I'm going to go see Ted 2. Uh, yeah, so we'll be talking about Ted 2. Maybe some other stuff. I'm going to try to sneak is, in maybe is, a little something here and there. Is fucking Magic Mike out this week? Like on Wednesday uh, next that, week or some shit? Uh, it, I don't think it came out today. I think it's next week. So no. that'll be... Okay. okay. Yeah, I think it's next. I'm, I might be the only straight guy excited about that movie. Well, two straight guys excited about it. I like the first one, so... Yeah, the first one's good. This one's probably going to blow, though. Since it's not Soderbergh, and apparently they're just going with the with the camp part of the first one, which I'm fine with. But uh, when they when they go to that area, I'm the not movie sure that the it's movie does successful. make me mad. In as much as it's just like Channing Tatum, yes, you're good looking. Yes, you can act. Yes, you can dance. It's like, why are you good at all the things? Stop it. Did you see that he uh, was anyway? Fucking wrap up. We can all talk right. about that. and of course, <laughs> and, <laughs> yo. So and uh, follow my other podcast, uh, Here Movie Podcast at HereMoviePodcast.com. This week we review Trial of the Incredible Hulk, the made for TV movie uh, that was kind of trying to be a backdoor entrance for Daredevil into the uh, television universe. Uh, that didn't mm-hmm. work out so well. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, so that's it, everybody. Uh, until next week for Matt Smith. I am Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody. I Always treats me right Never running in the streets And leaving me alone She knows a woman's place Is right there now in her home I got a woman Way over town That's good to me Oh yeah
good to me Oh yeah Don't you know she's alright Don't you know she's alright She's alright, she's alright Let me tell you. So, so well, I mean, listen. It, it's okay that you that you you know hate everything. Uh, now, that's usually my job, and I understand. But it's 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 good to get it out. I liked Inside <laughs> Out. I, was, I I really think that movie fucked me. Uh, the, the Stranger, <laughs> Stranger thing. it was fucking god awful. Yeah, I've, not I've, unwatchable. Just really, actually bad. I, I I've had those where it just kind of like I. What was it? Um, so my brother and I went to see. Remember, um, remember nine that like kind of sack movie that little CGI thingy majig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, me and my brother went to see that, and we were so angry when we left that thing because like that's a movie that starts out and it seems like okay, well it looks like there might be going going somewhere with this, and then um, it 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 looked to me like the movie was going to be about. Um, kind of accepting in order to move on you have to accept you know the inevitable right uh so like these things like this guy kind of more or less put his soul or something if, if memory serves in these like the little nine dolls and kind of sent them out or whatever and it seemed like the idea was in order to you know transcend beyond this world they needed to be able to give in and die and that wasn't it at all I was just like, oh, wow, this is a really kind of cool, interesting idea. In order for these things that are lost and out in this world and everything, they need to, in order to be free, they need to give up everything that they have. Um, it was a really interesting idea and turned out to be a real piece of shit movie. Because <laughs> it was like, oh, that's not what this is at all. And it, what, what was it? Well, nothing really. It's like, well, what happens when we go to this thing and that happens there? Well, nothing really. Well, what the fuck was the point of this thing? I was just, I was so mad. And the inconsistency of, like, it looking good and then looking awful. I, you know. So we, we've all had those moments, so don't feel bad. Well, you know, I do want to know what in the fuck this uh, dog movie you were talking oh, that's about That's a good is. question. Uh, I just found something called Pup that looks awful. Oh, I can't even remember who put it, it out. It says he's up to his old tricks. I don't even think it was put out by DreamWorks. It was something that was... Peabody and Sherman. <laughs> Animated dog movies. <laughs> I, I typed that in. It's way too many. And most of them are not recent. Um, I don't know. Balto. Don't know. It's this. Wow, I guess it got a sequel. Balto? called Balto, I think. Yeah. It looks like it got a sequel. Like, Balto Wolf Quest. B-A-L-T-O. But Balto's from, like, 95. That movie's pretty solid. No, it can't... Well, maybe it's the wrong thing. It looks like that. No, this is a CGI movie, the one I'm thinking of. It kind of looks like that, though. Huh. It, it, it's, got that, it's got that vibe to it. But it ain't that. It's This one's CGI. I don't know. It looked it looked bad enough to easily forget. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: uh, before watching Cars again, I would watch three direct-to-video sequels of Airbud. <laughs> 
Like I watch any of the buddies movies. The buddies movies. You know where they're <laughs> the all buddies, buddies go to basketball camp. <laughs> well, now they're like I did see the learn how to use their powers montage uh, of Super Buddies. Where oh they, dear god! They have Please don't give powers. any H and Piers ideas. It's. I think you should watch this movie, H and Piers. Oh my um, god. Super buddies. I don't think you cannot cover it. Eventually, you guys are going to catch up with yourselves. Well, yeah, they're listen. and then you'll have to do the <laughs> shit like like today. I was uh, watching. Uh, just I, I was I wasn't watching. I was in a restaurant uh, where like the owner's kids were watching television. Oh, one of those. And uh, they had it on Disney XD. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, there was some fucking movie on where it was like an Avengers Phineas and Ferb crossover. <laughs> And what? I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I'm just this like, of course it kids is. Are watching? I mean, I like <laughs> like Phineas and Ferb is fine. I'm just like, what the fuck sense does this make? Uh, so eventually, you guys are going to have to do that as well, because I think uh, <laughs> I think your listeners might want. Dear Marvel and DC, keep pumping out things as fast as you can. <laughs> Please yeah, delay I mean, the inevitable. But it, it's called like uh, like Mission Marvel or some shit. Um. Mm. Anyway, listen. I'm gonna. We'll get to the point before we start doing the real garbage. I'm gonna be like, look. Let's just review individual episodes of Teen Titans Go or something. <laughs> something. I mean, there's a market for that, but not every week. <laughs> twice a week. Twice every other. What? Twice a month. Well, it was, <laughs> it wasn't bad. Like, like this episode. I think it's actually just an episode of Phineas and Ferb. I don't know. All we, I'm saying is we just threw no Captain sense. America and, and Iron Man like, in there. I was just in in, in awe the whole time. I was like, the fuck is this going on? It was all about like they like they had to restore the powers of the Avengers or some shit. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, man, Disney's doing some weird shit with those fucking characters. You no, know, I'm turned around. You're right. Kids are stupid. <laughs> 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 fucking idiot kids. Uh, uh, well, fair enough. Um, no, anyway, what I was about to say before about uh, Channing Tatum, did you, did you see what he said about uh, G.I. Joe? No. <laughs> so... Um, He's like, those motherfuckers killed me and they had to bring me back because I'm so damn popular. Fuck well, y'all. Well, right, like, uh, he, he, um, uh, let's see. So in 2009, Tatum was trying to get his foot into Hollywood. He'd small role in Coach Carter opposite Samuel L. Jackson, uh, opened some acting, opened some eyes with his acting abilities and, uh, Guide to Recognizing Your Saints, which is a pretty good movie. Um, and he was, of course, in Step Up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the most underrated Step so Up to was, the streets. So he was on Howard Stern this week, and he told Howard Stern uh, that uh, Paramount just pushed him into doing G.I. Joe. Because he had a three-picture deal with Paramount, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't want to do it. The script wasn't any good, well, that's and uh, and he's like, I didn't have an option to pass. Uh, so basically, he says Paramount told him, "You're going to do this movie, or we're going to sue you." And we're gonna do it with Marlon Wayans. You're mm-hmm. fucked now, son. No, Marlon Wayans can be good. I, I kid. That movie sucked though. The only cool um, part about that but, movie was those like suits and stuff with the with this was it a subway or a train car or something. That was yeah, cool. Like that. Outside of that, but, uh, no, thank you. 
but then like uh, he um yeah he 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 likes after those movies uh, turned down um, action movies afterward until and, now and the, well and then he then he was in uh, then he was in Twenty One Jump Street and we all know what happened after that so. blowing it up mm-hmm. but yeah that was on the Howard and Stern show if anybody man. out there wants to check it out it was it's pretty interesting Howard Stern always gets like shit out of people that just nobody else does there's something about that guy I mean his, the exact quote was I fucking hated G.I. Joe <laughs> Nice. That's that's a Tatum quote. That's Channing Tatum. I fucking hate hated GI Joe. Sp- specifically, Rise of the Cobra is what he's talking about. Like that one sucked. <laughs> well, he was only in the second one for like five minutes, and then they like they sh- I guess they shot like an extra scene of him playing video games with The Rock or something. I forget. I, I saw that movie, but it was no good. I remember sitting in that theater. Um, watching that movie, but I could not tell you what happens in retaliation for the life of me. I feel like here's the thing: like I think I've seen it, but I even don't remember it. I remember the first one well enough because I, I just sadly I saw it. But the second one, I I feel like I've seen it, but I don't know that I could tell you exactly what it was about. No, the well, the only thing that I know about it at all. Is that this the second one is the one where they where they added the rock? Well, yeah. So it's called. We, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and even and even the most charismatic action man in Hollywood today still couldn't save that floundering piece of garbage. Yeah. It's it's where they added the rock to the cast and they lost Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Man, you knew Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like I was just like there's like when he was like you know Cobra Commander the, the, I was just like there's no fucking way he's going beyond this one movie there's no way no way well, well after the end he has the mask on so there's no reason for him to do it anyway well of course well and I'm sure that was part of the stipulations like well, put the mask on me that way I'd <laughs> never have to come back to this fucking bullshit again man that uh, movie sucked uh, balls both of them did Whew. bad news. We yeah. are we are going to be the two like straight dudes in those theaters though, because we're going to be like, "Hi, I'm here to." No, it's just, it's for a movie review show, and and yeah, yeah, I like it too. But shut up, it's not about that. It's um, I'm learning some dance moves. <laughs> hey, fuck you, fuck you. So that's uh, uh that's that's where you go, uh, single guys out there. Go uh go prowling for some uh, magic, Mike. Even you know, hey, go to one of those, go to one of them theaters where the you can get some drinks and stuff too. So if the ladies are there and they're kind of they've had a couple, maybe they'll think you're more attractive than you are. And you, you know, you know the real move. You throw a moonwalk in there. Who knows? You might be getting you know a little bit of action tonight. Who knows? Who's no, to say? No ladies want you to talk to them. At Magic Mike. No, me. you're just going to be just Disappointment City. No. <laughs> it's going to be like, hey, you know that thing that we all know? Not enough. Ooh, what is what is this that I see before me? No, thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. So, so uh, <laughs> uh, I've seen something going on uh, that is hilarious uh, online. It has nothing to do with movies. All right. But um, it does have to do with... Uh, Sling terms uh, online, things like LOL and YOLO, right? Okay. So apparently, uh, evangelical Christians are uh, goddamn idiots. Um, 
because there's there, there's a thing I've seen several times going around on social media, and I'm sure it stems uh, even older, but um, it, it's a, a list of things that the youth are saying on their phones that are Satanist. Oh, ooh, this is interesting. So, so YOLO, if you didn't know... Oh, this should be good. Oh, they stands, made up new acronyms. Nice. Oh, yeah, stands for... Youth obeying Lucifer's orders. Yes, that's hilarious. Swag stands for Satan's wishes are granted. (laughs) (laughs) R-O-F-L. Oh, boy. Rise, our father Lucifer. (laughs) Come on, people. B-R-B. Beelzebub rules below. This has got to be, come on, people. WTF, worship the fallen. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Come on. And then these people can't be real people. My favorite one is LOL, Lucifer, our Lord. That one's the best. You have got to be, these people, please, please, please tell me this is a great parody account of something. Tell me this is not real. Even like even the dumbest of dummies, I don't see you know the what's the cat on the seven hundred club coming <laughs> on and doing this stuff. Even I think he would even just go like, "This is ridiculous." One of one of the best comments I've seen on this photo going around, by the way, is somebody who adds to it. <laughs> they, they go, "SMH." I thought it was shaking my head, but now I realize it means Satan, my hero. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Just come up with what's Rafflecopter in in. <laughs> What's that? I'll tell you what. If someone out there uh, is listening <laughs> to this show and comes up with a Satanist meaning for Rafflecopter, we will. I will. I will you mail stuff. you something. You will get nice. Things that's that gonna. You will like. <laughs> Please, Rafflecopter, the film find at gmail.com. <laughs> that's your assignment. Come up with something great for Rafflecopter. <laughs> oh, sweet Mary. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll leave it on that. We'll talk next week if somebody gives us an email. <laughs> it's got something, even something close. Spend like 30 seconds on it, you guys. That's all we ask. We'll send you great stuff. I don't care where you live, it'll happen. <laughs> See you next week, everybody.